0: good morning brothers and sisters we extend a warm welcome to everyone who has joined us here in church this morning for worship of our trying God we also extend a welcome to any visitors who have joined us here this morning in church or via the live stream it is a blessing that we can together be gathered in this way may God be praised and glorified by our worship may we all be encouraged and comforted by the celebration of the Lord's Supper this morning whether we are participating or whether we are witnessing it. Consistory has the following announcements. On Wednesday afternoon, the Lord willing, Reverend Paul and Mrs. Jane Archbold will be arriving from the Reformed Church of Silverstream, New Zealand for a three-month period of preaching by Reverend Archbold. We will have a coffee social next Sunday morning after the morning service to welcome them to our congregation. The congregation is reminded that Consistory has called a congregational meeting for tomorrow evening Monday the 12th here in this church building for Consistory and the Seville Grove Steering Committee to present. This meeting will commence at 7.30pm and coffee will be available from 7pm. The congregation is advised of another congregational meeting to be held, the Lord willing, on Monday, the 19th of February here in this church building, commencing again at 7.30. Coffee available from 7.00, and the purpose of this meeting is for the calling of a minister with further information available in your pigeonholes. Next week, Sunday, we will have a Thanksgiving day for harvest and for labor. A collection will be held, with the proceeds being for the House Congregation in Cairns. An attestation has been requested by brother and sister Vessel and Alette Ostozen and their two baptised daughters to the Free Reformed Church of Beldibus. We wish them the Lord's blessing in their new congregation. An attestation has been received from Sister Tanika Desnu, who comes to us from the Free Reformed Church of West Albany and we welcome this sister into our congregation. As mentioned, this morning we will celebrate the Lord's Supper and the worship service will be led by Reverend Husinger, the Emeritus Minister of our sister church in Armidale. And before we do begin, we will sing verse four of hymn 60.
1: Please rise to receive God's greeting. We confess our help is in the name of the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. And he greets us. Grace to you and peace from God our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In response to God's greeting, let us sing together from Psalm 118. We'll sing the stanzas one and two. submit ourselves to the words of God's covenant, and afterwards we will respond by singing Psalm 65, the stanzas 1 and 2. God spoke, and in Christ speaks all these words to us, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant, or his ox or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. ourselves before God's throne and ask for his mercy. Heavenly God and Father, and our Lord and King Jesus the Christ, thank you for this good Sunday, a feast day. You turned mourning into gladness, and we thank you on this day we remember. That Jesus not only died but rose again and gives us a lively hope. This morning we want to focus on the sufferings and death of our Savior. The Gospels pay much attention to his trial and death and we realize Father it's for a purpose. You required that sin be paid by death. For the wages of sin is death. And we gather together in your presence this morning to remember Jesus who died on the cross for us. You demand full payment for all our debts and for all our iniquities. And thus our substitute Jesus walked the Via Dolorosa and went to his death. We deserve that sentence, Lord. We just heard your commandments. They condemn us. And especially that last word about coveting reminds us you not only want the outward deed, you want our hearts as well. We confess that we do not even keep the bare Demands of your will, let alone do we give our whole heart, mind and soul and strength In love for you and for our neighbor We fall far short of your glory But Lord, you have worked in, your, in our hearts by your Spirit You made us realize our own sinfulness We confess it before you. And with Paul, we also desire to be delivered from this body of sin. Every year, you made Israel stop at the day of atonement to confess their own sins and to realize how you, a holy God, could not live with us a people unless we are cleansed. They fasted, they confessed. Priests through sacrifices atoned for themselves and for all the people. Lord, Good Friday is our Yom Kippur, day of atonement. And we thank you for Jesus, our scapegoat. You sent him away, loaded with all our iniquities. And thank you that we may remember this at the Lord's table. And as we do so, Lord, may your name receive all the glory, for you are a God of love and mercy. Accept now our songs of praise to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Remember those who cannot be with us and would love to be. We also think of Reverend Vander who was to lead this service, but who had an accident Grant him a good recovery. And Lord, be with those who are in the crash. Be with also our little congregation. And we thank you, Lord, for giving us this time. Thank you for all the helpers who make such a worship service possible. May your name receive the honor and glory. In Jesus name. Amen. We open scripture this morning at the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And we'll read a few verses from Acts chapter 4. At the table we'll also be using Acts chapter 4. So you probably want to keep your marker there. Acts 4, the verses 1 through 6. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead and they arrested them and put them in custody custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed and the number of the men came to about five thousand. On the next day their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. We leave it there. In response, let us sing together Psalm 33, stanza 6. the form for the celebration of the Lord's Supper beginning on page 603 in your books of praise. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, The Holy Supper has been instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of this institution as described by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, and that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. In order that we may now celebrate this Holy Supper of the Lord to our comfort, we must first rightly examine ourselves. Further, we must use it as Christ intended it, namely, to his remembrance. True self-examination consists of the following three parts. First, let everyone consider his sins and accursedness so that he, detesting himself, may humble himself before God. For the wrath of God against sin is so great that he could not leave it unpunished, but has punished it in his beloved Son, Jesus Christ, by the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Second, let everyone search his heart whether he also believes the sure promise of God that all his sins are forgiven him only for the sake of the suffering and death of Jesus Christ and that the perfect righteousness of Christ is freely given him as his own, as if he himself had fulfilled all righteousness. Third, let everyone examine his conscience, whether it is his sincere desire to show true thankfulness to God with his entire life, and laying aside all enmity, hatred, and envy, to live with his neighbor in true love and unity. God will certainly receive in grace all who are thus minded and count them worthy to partake of the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who do not feel this testimony in their hearts eat and drink judgment upon themselves. Therefore, according to the command of Christ and of the Apostle Paul, we admonish all those who know themselves to be guilty of the following offensive sins to abstain from the table of the Lord. And we declare to them that they have no part in the kingdom of Christ. All who refuse to trust in the Lord alone or who serve him in their own manner, all who abuse the name of the Lord by cursing or any other way, All who do not diligently attend the worship services and who despise the proclamation of God's Word or the sanctity of the sacraments. All who are disobedient to their parents or to others in authority over them. All who violate human life or cherish hatred against their neighbor and refuse to be reconciled to him. All who either within or outside of holy wedlock, do not keep their bodies pure. All who by stealing, greed or extravagance, lead a worldly life. All liars, backbiters and slanderers. Briefly, all who either in word or conduct show themselves to be unbelieving by leading an offensive life. While they persist in their sins, they shall not take of this food, which Christ has ordained only for his believers. Otherwise, their judgment and condemnation will be the heavier. But all this, beloved brothers and sisters, is not meant to discourage broken and contrite hearts, as if only those who are without sin may come to the table of the Lord. For we do not come to this supper to declare that we are perfect and righteous in ourselves. On the contrary, we seek our life outside of ourselves in Jesus Christ, and in doing so, we acknowledge that we are dead in ourselves. We also are aware of our many sins and shortcomings. We do not have perfect faith, and we do not serve God with such zeal as He requires. Daily we have to contend with the weakness of our faith and with the evil desires of our flesh. Yet by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we are heartily sorry for these shortcomings and desire to fight against our unbelief and to live according to all the commandments of God. (laughs) Therefore, we may be fully assured that no sin or weakness which still remains in us against our will can prevent us from being received by God in grace and from being made worthy partakers of this heavenly food and drink. Let us now consider for what purpose the Lord has instituted his supper, namely, that we should use it in remembrance of him. We are to remember him in the following manner. First of all, let us fully trust that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent by the Father into this world, according to the promises made from the beginning to the fathers in the Old Testament, and that he assumed our flesh and blood. From the beginning of his incarnation to the end of his life on earth, he bore for us the wrath of God, under which we should have perished eternally. By his perfect obedience, he has for us fulfilled all the righteousness of God's law. We remember in particular that the weight of the wrath of God caused by our sins pressed out of him sweat like drops of blood falling on the ground in the garden of Gethsemane. There he was bound that he might free us from our sins. He suffered countless insults that we might never be put to shame. Though innocent, he was condemned to death, that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. He even let his blessed body be nailed to the cross, that he might cancel the bond which stood against us because of our sins. By all this, he has taken our curse upon himself, that he might fill us with his blessing, on the cross, he humbled himself in body and soul to the very deepest shame and anguish of hell. Then he called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That we might be accepted by God and never more be forsaken by him. Finally, by his death and the shedding of his blood, he confirmed the new and eternal testament the covenant of grace when he said it is finished in order that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace the Lord Jesus Christ during his last Passover instituted the Holy Supper he gave the bread and the cup to his disciples in remembrance of him he taught us to understand that as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup we are reminded and assured of His hearty love and faithfulness towards us. It is a sure pledge that He has given His body and shed His blood for us. Otherwise, we would have suffered eternal death. He nourishes and refreshes our hungry and thirsty souls with His crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life as certainly as this bread is broken before our eyes and this cup is given to us and we eat and drink in remembrance of him. From this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, we learn that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross. It is the only ground for our salvation. Thereby he has become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true food and drink of life eternal. For by his death he has removed the cause of our eternal hunger and misery, which is sin, and obtained for us the life-giving Spirit. (coughs) By this Spirit who dwells in Christ as the head and in us as his members, we have true communion with him and share in all his riches, life eternal, righteousness, and glory. By the same Spirit, we are also united in true brotherly love as members of one body. For the Apostle Paul says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body. For we all partake of the one bread. As one bread is baked out of many grains, and one wine is pressed out of many grapes, so we all incorporated in Christ by faith are together one body. For the sake of Christ who so exceedingly loved us first we shall now love one another and shall show this to one another, not just in words, but also in deeds. Finally, Christ has commanded us to celebrate the Holy Supper until he comes. We receive at his table a foretaste of the abundant joy which he has promised and look forward to the marriage feast of the Lamb when He will drink the wine new with us in the kingdom of His Father. Let us rejoice and give Him the glory for the marriage feast of the Lamb is coming. May the Almighty, Heavenly God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, help us in this through His Holy Spirit. Amen. To receive all this, Let us now humble ourselves before God in prayer and call upon him in true faith. Merciful God and Father, we thank you that in this supper we cherish the blessed memory of the bitter death of your dear son, Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit so that we may entrust ourselves more and more to your son jesus christ grant that our contrite hearts may be nourished with his true body and blood yes with him who is the only heavenly bread that we may not live in our sins but christ in us and we in him let us so truly be partakers of the new and everlasting testament, the covenant of grace, that we do not doubt that you will forever be our gracious Father, never more imputing to us our sins, but providing us with all things for body and soul as your dear children and heirs. Grant us your grace, that we may take up our cross joyfully, deny ourselves and confess our Savior Let us in all tribulation await our Lord Jesus Christ who will come from heaven to change our mortal body to be like his glorious body and take us to himself forever. Hear us through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Let us now profess our Catholic undoubted Christian faith by using him one the apostles creed and sisters, in order that we may now be nourished with Christ the true heavenly bread, we must not cling with our hearts to the outward symbols of bread and wine, but lift our hearts on high in heaven, where Christ our advocate is, at the right hand of his heavenly Father. Let us not doubt that we shall be nourished and refreshed in our souls with his body and blood through the working of the Holy Spirit as truly as we receive the holy bread and drink in remembrance of him we have the following guests who will be with us at the lord's table we have sister ashlyn coster communicant member from the free reformed church of albany we have sister kimberly plug communicant member from the free reformed church of albany and we have Sister Nell Underwater from the Canadian Reformed Church at Chilliwack, our sister church there. Three guests. And now in order to give time to prepare the table, we will sing together Hymn fifty nine stanza one. I invite you all to take a piece of bread and hold it in your hand. The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. invite you all to take a little cup of wine, hold it in your hand. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. we read together from Acts chapter four, verse seven through 10. And when they had set them, the apostles in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, A miracle was performed. A grown-up man who was lame from birth, from his mother's womb, and who had never walked in his life, was healed. Yes, he could walk. Indeed, he jumped for joy, we're told in Acts chapter 3. And he praised God. You can just imagine the joy, unbelievable, And such a miracle sometimes causes us problems because the charismatic movement claims that they still happen today. And that makes us a little bit uncomfortable. And when we hear of such miracles, we become skeptical. So how do we treat these? Well, first of all, this is from the book of Acts. Luke writes the Gospel and he writes Acts, both. In Luke, he tells us what Jesus began to do and to teach. In the book of Acts, he tells us what Jesus continued to do and to teach. So it's all through Jesus. Please let us remember that first of all. And it was done through the unique men, apostles. And I should also say, sometimes by the 70 whom Jesus had appointed. Now, miracles in the Bible, especially by John, they are called Signs, Miracles, Powers. Let's just listen to the word miracle, something you and I cannot comprehend. Our person who from the time he was born, never been able to walk, could walk and then jump for joy. It's incomprehensible. That's the word miracle. There's the word power, yes, because it takes power to do something like that. Even doctors cannot do that. And so we see that it is a wonderful thing. Here at the Lord's table we have read and that we also remember how Jesus is going to come. We proclaim his death until he comes. And this is where I bring in that third word, sign, because the Gospels also tell us that the miracles are signs, that Jesus is the Messiah. And the Bible in the New Testament also says that these miracles are signs of the times to come. Yes, when Jesus comes again in glory, he will use those same miracles, those same powers, to restore all of life so that it never becomes ill or aged again and so when Jesus comes, he'll display those same powers and those same wonders will be done and that's the comfort we can take that we proclaim Christ death until he comes when he will show those powers once more let us sing of this and praise Jesus as our Messiah with the words of Psalm 2 stanzas 2 and 3 I invite you to take a piece of bread and hold it The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ Take 8. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. I invite you to take a little cup of wine THE CUP OF BLESSING FOR WHICH WE GIVE THANKS IS THE COMMUNION OF THE BLOOD OF CHRIST. TAKE, DRINK FROM IT ALL OF YOU, REMEMBER AND BELIEVE THAT THE PRECIOUS BLOOD OF OUR LORD JESUS CHRIST WAS POURED OUT FOR THE COMPLETE FORGIVENESS OF ALL OUR SINS. We'll read from Acts chapter 4, verse 11, and also a few verses from Psalm 118. First, Acts 4, verse 11, where Peter says, This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And since Peter here is quoting from Psalm 118, we'll read a few verses from that psalm. Start at verse 19, Psalm 118 starting at verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, the righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There is always opposition to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ. He himself was opposed by Satan and his demons wherever he went. And here, Satan uses these Jewish leaders who were more than perplexed, they were outraged. Forks of, yes, fury unfurled. You can almost see it in these lightning forks coming to earth. Why? Because we find Peter, for example, still preaching. And what is he preaching? Jesus and Jesus that he rose from the dead. That's what he's focusing on. And when the captain of the temple guard comes, they come also with the Sadducees, and they're outraged. And really the mention of the Sadducees gives us a little bit of a clue because as you will remember from the Gospels, they denied spirits, they denied the resurrection, And so anything supernatural, they denied. They didn't want anything to do with it. And if Jesus was risen from the dead, well, they had crucified him. Then everything they said was wrong. And therefore, they are very, very upset. Now, you probably will say to yourself, why be so upset? Why not learn and listen? If Jesus is alive, then you're wrong. Admit it. But some people just do not do that. They don't say that. They don't make mistakes apparently. And so they are not going to concede anything. What they're going to do is get rid of these people who are so-called causing trouble. And that these unlearned, unlettered fishermen are actually preaching this really galls them. Because they had no license to preach if I may put it that way in church orderly terms they were not supposed to be in doing this and these people who do so they do it confidently they're not afraid and you notice how Peter comes forward and he is not afraid and so Peter he uses the sword of the Spirit he lets it cut both ways and he lets him know that you crucified him, but he is the one whom God had chosen. He is the chosen cornerstone. He is the elect one. And therefore, when you think of all this, it's not an accident what happened there, but it's the Lord's doing. And you have that beautiful verse, this is the day the Lord has made. It's the Lord's doing. It's his day and we are to rejoice in it. And no wonder that Jesus and the Apostles quoted this song so often. This is what the Lord has appointed for us to give us joy. We can leap for joy more so than that healed lame man. Let us sing together from Psalm 118, stanza 6. I invite you to take a piece of bread and to hold it. (coughs) The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. I invite you to take a little cup of wine A blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. take our Bibles and we'll read together that verse 12 of Acts chapter 4 and in connection with that we'll also read a few verses in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Acts 4 verse 12 And there is salvation and no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And now to 1st Timothy Chapter 2, I'll read the first couple of verses and verse 5. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. And then... He says in verse 5 For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Here we come to the heart of the matter when there is that questioning. By whom or by whose name are you doing this? It's a loaded question and you probably understand that they wanted the apostles to dig their own grave. But Peter's preaching is very powerful. In front of the Supreme Court this unlearned fisherman speaks with conviction. You handed Jesus over to be killed you disowned the messiah before Pilate and Peter will say and those are fighting words he's not allowed, he's not afraid to let the word cut like a sword but these these leaders they do deserve it they had acted wickedly not interested in the truth but only in their own position and prestige But. Peter asks, you know, why are you after us? A miracle done to heal a lame man. Is that a crime? Why aren't you out to really prosecute true crime, real crime? But you're out after us because of this? He could hardly believe it. There's no grounds for this judicial inquiry at all. But... The Sanhedrin, along with the Sadducees, they sit dumbfounded. They can be full of fury inside, but what have they got to say? They really can't say much, because here stands a man who speaks with conviction. And they're not going to say these things, for it could cost them their own life if they did. They're not going to say it if they're not convinced of the truth of it. So, they really don't have much to say to these apostles except to use their authority and say silence no more using this name of Jesus And the name that has done this is the name of our only Savior Jesus and you remember brothers and sisters and also boys and girls that when Jesus was born <clears throat> they had to give a name to him and then it was made clear his name is Jesus for he will save his people from their sins he will save his people from their sins and that is what Peter now also preaches he will save us from our root problem of sin he will save he will rescue that name makes all the difference we have already seen that Jesus is the chief cornerstone the elect cornerstone and that most important Stone that, well, it guides all the angles and so forth. Jesus is that chief cornerstone. And that's why that name is so precious and so important. And Peter, doing the same as his Lord Jesus, quotes this Psalm 118 to show exactly that. And so that the people may know that Jesus fulfills scripture, but they're doing exactly what Scripture has prophesied they would be doing. And that should speak to them. And this man who was lame from birth, and everybody knows it, he's now up and walking around, and he can earn his own livelihood. His life is saved, physically saved. But, says Peter, there's more than physical saving, there's also saving in a complete sense of the word. For Jesus is our total and complete Savior. He, their worst disaster is that God can bring his wrath upon us. And that is what we are saved from. And therefore Peter uses this strong verse and that Jesus is the true and only Savior. We'll say more about it with our next reading. Let us now sing from Psalm 118, stanza 5. If there are no others, this will be the last table for this morning. I invite you to take a piece of bread into and- The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. I choose to take a small cup of wine. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. reread that verse 12 of Acts chapter 4. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We want to pay more attention to that. And in connection with it, I remind you of the words of our Lord Jesus Christ as they're recorded in John chapter 14, verse 6. That very famous text of our Lord where he promises that he's going to prepare a place for us and then he ends that section by saying in verse 6 I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father except through me this one text is very important in the history of the Reformation, therefore I pay some attention to it. Over against the Church of Rome in Lord's Day 11, we say that Jesus is not only the only Savior, but he is also the complete Savior. We don't have to add our good works or anything else at all from the Church. Jesus has done it for us. He said it is finished. And our text is so clear. There is salvation in no other name. That has been very important. And through that name, that layman walks and jumps for joy. No other name could do that. And there is no other name under heaven given among men. So that argument is, well, it's watertight, we would say. And Jesus claimed this. Except through him, there's no other way to get to the Father in heaven. He alone is the way of salvation. And that's why when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, Jesus has commanded us, do this in remembrance of me. You know, when he said that, of me, he put it in an emphatic form. In Greek, he put me at the beginning of the sentence. And you can say me in two ways in Greek. One is just normal and one is emphatic. Here he says it, emphatically and puts it at the beginning of a sentence to show this whole meal is about Him for He is the only name of salvation and that is what we also see in this text so twice we are commanded to remember Him the only name given by heaven only name here on earth to open that sealed scroll and to execute all of it. One last thing since this is the last table I'll also say some ver- something about <clears throat> what we read in the last part of verse 12 where it says by which we must be saved and there you see the necessity of that name that divine imperative by which we must be saved a lot of people close their eyes to this they don't think there's an imperative at all. They think they can go their own way and they can save themselves. But here is that divine imperative. We must believe in Jesus Christ. Otherwise, there's no way of salvation. This is the only way that God could do it. And he does not approve any other way. Alcoholics Anonymous does a lot and to put people back on the road of life. But they cannot do what Jesus does in giving us eternal life. The only name that will give us that is the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We must be saved by that one name and that one name only. And the church leaders, for these were church leaders, they had to hear this, and that would have been quite a sour point for them, But Peter is very insistent that they had to hear this and that they need the name of Jesus, even though their intent only on silencing that name. And so we see that there is quite a struggle here, but the gospel is clear. One name only, the name we remember at this table. Let us sing of this with the words of Hymn 39, 1, 4, and 5. Beloved in the Lord, since the Lord has now nourished our souls at his table, let us together praise his holy name. Let everyone say in his heart, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the East is from the West, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. Therefore my heart and my mouth shall proclaim the praise of the Lord from now on and for evermore. Amen. Let us give God thanks in prayer. Merciful God and Father, we thank you and that in your boundless mercy you have given us your only begotten Son as our mediator. We praise you that he is the sacrifice for our sins and our food and drink to life eternal. We thank you that you give us a true faith through which we may share in such great benefits. Through your Son, you have instituted the Holy Supper for the strengthening of our faith. We earnestly ask you, faithful God and Father, that by your Holy Spirit this celebration may indeed lead to our daily increase in true faith, in fellowship with Christ, your beloved Son, In his name, we pray and thank you for this celebration and for this service. Amen. You now have the opportunity to give your thank offerings unto the Lord. And the thank offerings are for the ministry of mercy, specifically for under his wings. And afterwards, we will stand, if we can, and sing our closing song. Psalm 133, stanzas 1 and 2, about the communion of saints. receive his blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with you all. Amen.